You're listening to Transparency Talk with Trustwell, a podcast discussing the latest trends in technology in the food and supplement industries, featuring conversations with regulatory experts, quality and safety champions, and thought leaders across the industry. The podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome to today's episode of Transparency Talk with Trustwell. My name is Katie Jones, and I am the Chief Customer Officer at Trustwell. Today, we'll be continuing our dialogue around traceability and are excited to have Sarah Bertager from IFT, the Institute of Food Technologists, on the show. Sarah is a food traceability and food safety scientist at the Global Food Traceability Center at IFT. She enjoys applying her years of traceability and food safety management experience in manufacturing today's GFTC's efforts to engage food system stakeholders in their traceability journey through applied research, capacity building, advocacy, system design, and implementation. Uh, Sarah and the GFTC team continue to support industry actors in their FISMA 204 compliance journey. We're all on this traceability journey together. Very excited to have you on the podcast, Sarah. Welcome to Transparency Talk with Trustwell. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Well, we're going to dive right in. We've had several episodes focused on FISMA 204 um, final guidance around enhanced traceability in the food industry. Um, seeing some deadlines, you know, coming up in 2026, lots of education happening across the industry. FISMA 204 is clearly going to have a profound impact on the food industry, but we're seeing a very wide variety of readiness, the level of readiness in terms of FISMA 204 compliance from companies that are already implementing traceability and are well ahead on their journey to companies that are just trying to understand the guidance, uh, just trying to understand um, uh, uh, data, just the basic premise of a critical tracking event. Um, so we're seeing a wide range of readiness in terms of uh, being ready for this legislation. What are you seeing in the industry and you know, are companies ready for this? And if not, you know, what can they do to get ready? Yeah, so I think, I mean, a lot of what we've seen right now is that industry is still, most of industry is still kind of in the phase where they're trying to parse through the traceability requirements and figure out what it means for their business, which makes sense because a lot of educational materials, resources have just started coming out within the last few months. We've seen a lot of traceability solution providers that are starting to release resources. GS1 has released some guidance um, and uh, some checklists to get started. IFT's Global Food Traceability Center, where I work, just recently released a suite of FISMA 204 explainer videos for each of the commodities on the FTL. So I think all of these resources are really going to help industry move past this early stage of what is this rule and what does it mean? Um, but I think that's where a lot of people are at right now. That said, we have seen some companies that have kind of gotten past the what is this phase and started moving into strategy development. And I think one of the most interesting things we've seen there is companies considering applying the rule requirements to all of their products, not just those on the traceability list. Um, there's a lot of companies that have exempt and non-exempt products and having two different sets of requirements and potentially two different systems to deal with their products can be 
you know, really difficult to manage. And I think some are looking at this and saying, all right, you know what, this might be easier if we just apply these requirements to all of our products, regardless of listed status which is great because the rule was designed to be applicable for any commodity. Um, so I'm kind of hopeful that this might have a journey similar to HACCP where, you know, HACCP was developed in the 70s. We started to see some regulations in the 90s. And at the moment, HACCP plans are a regulatory requirement for just a small number of products. But millions of industry actors around the world voluntarily choose to develop and use HACCP plans for their food safety um, simply because it's a valuable framework, right? It's kind of become the industry standard for food safety management. And I'm kind of hopeful that we'll start to see that journey for this traceability rule where it remains a regulatory requirement for a select few products, but starts to become more widely used as companies start to implement these, you know, these requirements and these practices and say, okay, let's just do this for, for all of our food. As far as readiness, um, I would say the majority of companies are not fully ready. Like you said, there are people who are well on their way into traceability and then some who at you know the release of this rule are just starting to learn what a critical tracking event and a key data element is. Um, but because this is gonna be such a collaborative process, it's hard to determine readiness. So there may be companies that are ready internally, have a great traceability system, they're already collecting all the data that they're responsible for, but if their suppliers aren't ready, or if their suppliers of their suppliers aren't ready and on down the chain, then you know technically they're not ready because this rule is really asking for end-to-end -end traceability. But I mean, the good news is that the means, the knowledge, the technology needed to make that all a reality exist. We just need some collective action and organization, which is exactly what industry is getting into right now. You know, um, we have seen the exact same thing. Um, so I was kind of smiling uh, while you were while you were talking, just feedback on um trying to understand, okay, how am I going to have a separate process for mm -hmm. the, you know, products that are on the FTL compared to others, especially for, um, you know, like a retail grocer or, um, you know, a food service operator and trying to understand how they're going to differentiate between those two. And also being able to understand as products are coming, you know, inbound from, a, you know, they're receiving those products, how are they going to be able to differentiate, right, between which are on the FTL and which aren't. And so we're certainly hearing that as well. And like, well, let me think about it more in terms of how I can achieve traceability across, you know, all of my products. And then, you know, what benefits and ROI can I get from that as a whole. Um, and, you know, just in terms of, you know, reconciliation between the receiving event, let's say, and an expiration date so that they have visibility into understanding, okay, well, how fresh are the products that I am receiving um, and really understanding that. So, um, and then I think, you know, the other, the other point that you made <clears throat> around um, just trying to get their, you know, arms around this, you know, pretty significant amount of guidance. Um, and I think, you know, there's been a lot of resources. Um, we'll be sure to include the links to the videos that you referenced in the notes of the podcast, because I think that'll be great. Um, additional resources for um, people that are 
everyone's trying to really kind of get their arms around this and understand what's going on. Um, and the more I think that we can educate as an industry, the better, because to your point, it really is going to take not just um, the big companies um, to kind of come together and do this, but they they're going to rely on their distribution partners and their suppliers and their supplier suppliers to also have that data because it really does break down if um, that's not happening. So another topic that we hear a lot about um, is lot codes, actually. So one of the, you know, FISMA 204 requirements, and as you know, it's a really critical component to make sure that you're able to tie together the data related to traceability. We hear one of those challenges is that, you know, this lack of standardization really around lot codes and how they're assigned um, and the process for lot code assignment and the fact that different companies obviously approach it in different ways. What hurdles and opportunities at the same time do you see when it comes to the lot code assignment? Yeah, I think lot codes are one of the most tricky concepts within the rule just because, I mean, the food industry is so already so used to their version of lot codes. But like you said, everyone has a different process for assigning lot codes. So, you know, when you look at this rule, you see traceability lot code and, you know, your instinct is, oh, okay, great. I've already got a lot coding program. We're all set. And then, you know, you read deeper into it and find out, oh, okay, this is actually different than our lot coding program. Um, so I think one of the hurdles is going to be the use of both internal lot codes and the traceability lot codes, um, which is something that the FDA expects to a certain extent. They've acknowledged that people will have uses for lot codes that fall outside of the scope of this rule and are not trying to disrupt anyone's internal traceability processes that you know they need their lot codes for. That said, when you have products that are labeled with multiple lot codes, perhaps an internal lot code and the traceability lot code, and I mean, maybe some other ones, it's not uncommon to have several lot codes on a product. It gets potentially really confusing, especially for downstream actors, if it's not abundantly clear which lot code is the traceability lot code. So I think having that communication up and down the supply chain of, hey, this one is the traceability lot code is going to be a challenge. Um, we've also heard a lot about the challenge of carrying it through the supply chain for non-transformational events. It's a pretty common practice when you receive a product to change the lot code to whatever your internal lot coding system is. But with this rule, any non-transformation events, so shipping and receiving, um, will require actors to keep the lot code that the last person assigned to it so that it is, you know, remaining consistent throughout the supply chain and allowing investigators to go back to those, you know, high risk steps, whether it's packing or processing or growing when there is um, a foodborne illness outbreak. So opportunities, I mean, the key one is really the, the opportunity to have an improved traceback when Time is of the essence, right? When product is out in the world making people sick, we've seen a lot of recalls lately where people continue to get sick because investigators are still slogging through each and every step of the supply chain trying to connect product back to where it came from. Um, but with this law codes, since 
it's not going to be changed through those distribution steps. It's going to allow investigators to skip past the low risk handling and storage stages and really quickly pinpoint those growing packing processing locations where contamination is more likely to occur so that they can get products off the shelves faster. And just in general, I think traceability will improve as a whole. We know that linking product history through POs or BOLs or order numbers or whatever documentation available is doable because people do that all the time, but it's often kind of slow and inaccurate. So having this system to link products with the lock codes, I think will really improve traceability as a whole. You hit uh, on such an important topic that we talk a lot about here that uh, just augmenting existing data sources, right? Not trying to recreate the recreate the wheel or um, layer on a whole separate process, but there is there is clearly missing data. There's clearly a reason for FISMA 204. There's clearly a need for getting at this data quicker um, when there is an yeah, issue. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, and that's really, you know, that's really at the, at the very heart of it. So, um, I think the other one yes. thing I want to mention, too, in terms of I think this is a perfect opportunity for industry actors to get involved with industry associations. Um, you mentioned that, you know, there's a lack of standardization with how lock codes are applied. Um, the rule does not specify how lock codes are going to be formatted. Um, you know, that's up to industry to figure out. But in order to achieve universal uniqueness, you really need to have some kind of standard, which is, I think, a perfect case for industry associations to kind of collaborate and organize around. So maybe that's a commodity specific group like the Produce Traceability Initiative or the Global Dialogue on Seafood Traceability. It could be segment specific like the Consumer Brands Association or the National Restaurant Association. Um, Whatever group fits for your commodity, your segment of the supply chain, um, those groups are not only great sources of education, but also have the potential to enable that collective implementation where, you know, we all get on the same page. Everyone looks at this rule and says, OK, I think for us, this is the best way to implement it. This is how we're looking at it. This is how we're going to go about it. Um, and having that kind of pre-competitive, collaborative community makes implementation so much easier, and especially when it comes to these complex things like the law code. Uh-huh. It is. Um, we see it. We see movement, I would say, on um you know, identifiers for for products, for locations, you know, there there clearly is a need to get some, you know, some standardization around really any of the important data elements that are going um, required as a part of FISMA 204 and then clearly ones that need to be shared across trading partners, right? Because I think that's where the, the underpinning of standardization is so important is that, to your point, the data that I assign internally within my own four walls serves me well within my business, but when you try to share that data or try to do something, achieve something through traceability outside of those entities or across different businesses, it really breaks down. So a great point to have, um, you know, industry leading that and hopefully we'll see some uh, 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 some progress on that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So 
You are uh, with IFT and IFT First is coming up in July. We're very excited. We it's we're in the heart of trade show season and <laughs> It really does feel like it's back. Um, I was um, at uh, a, a National Restaurant Association event uh, just last week. I'm headed to GS1 Connect next week and um, IFT First, obviously coming up in July. The theme for 2023 uh, is innovation in a time of crisis. Can we future-proof the food system? Talk to me a little bit about the event. Uh, what's in store uh, for IFT this year? And then, you know, obviously specific to uh, to traceability as well. Yeah, so we've got a great scientific program this year. We'll have lots of conference sessions um, in food safety, nutrition, sustainability, consumer insights, kind of running the gamut of hot topics across the food industry as well as our large expo that will have, I'm not even sure, hundreds of food companies at the very least, um, all showing off their new ingredients, new products. It's a great place for networking, finding inspiration. Um, and with traceability, we will have one of our conference sessions that is focused on FISMA 204. It'll be moderated by myself and Adam Friedlander of the FDA. And then among our panelists, we will have Angela Fields, also from the FDA, Julie McGill from FoodLogic, and Andy Kennedy from New Era Partners, so that we can give audience members kind of a balance of regulatory and industry voices to provide some guidance for implementation especially among small to medium-sized firms, um, and an opportunity to ask questions to our regulators about what this traceability rule will mean for them. And then, of course, we'll have um, a few booths. The majority of our expo um, exhibitors are food industry companies, but we'll have some service providers as well. I think Trustwell Food Chain ID will be there, um, as well as where food comes from in the traceability space for exhibitors. Yes, we are very excited to be there um, and excited to have uh, Julie on the session related to, to FISMA 204. It's going to be a, a great event. I um, really appreciate the dialogue, Sarah. It's been a great um, high-level overview. I think it's confirmation that we've made a lot of progress in the industry, clearly FISMA 204 is in place. Um, these these deadlines are, are coming. Uh, what was that at conference? That NRA conference, a speaker stood up and said, if you haven't started now, you're behind. <laughs> and so um, I think we're starting to see a lot more companies really paying attention, really getting um, serious about traceability. Clearly, um, a lot of ways to go still, and it's going to take uh, all of the partners across the industry to come together for us to really realize the, you know, the vision of traceability as a whole. And so thank you to, to IFT and to the center and for everything that you're doing to help advance traceability forward. And thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Well, as Sarah mentioned, uh, make sure you check out uh, information related to IFT first, as well as the videos that uh, IFT has produced related to FISMA 204. We'll make sure that we include those uh, resources within the podcast notes, and we will be at IFT. So Trustwell, um, representing our FoodLogic product, uh, Traceability, will be at booth S2377. So please, um, if you're at IFT, please make sure that you stop by and say, Say hello.
And again, thank you for tuning in to Traceability Talk with Trustwell, where we explore the critical role of transparency in building trust and driving positive change in today's food chain. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Transparency Talk with Trustwell. To learn more about Trustwell and its technology platform that connects product formulation, nutrition analysis, and compliant labeling with traceability, recall readiness, and supply chain transparency, please visit www.trustwell.com.